it's a it's awful. I think my Facebook feed is pretty much one after the other, one report after the other. What I am struck by is that there's a lot of people who are being attacked and I mean it's absolutely horrible but there's also a lot of people who are standing up and a lot of people in these minority groups people from the LGBTI community um, Muslim groups people of color who are empowered enough to stand up in their own communities and take this head on and go no this is not okay we don't support well we don't support Trump but we also don't support the values that he represents and the emboldening of the far right that's happening as a result. You know, it's appropriate that uh, our hearts and minds go to minorities in, in America, but I guess we're just <laughs> closer to home. You know, we saw with the election of, of Tony Abbott and, you know, the most recent elections, I guess, this, uh, this rise of... Uh, Pauline Hanson and, you know, this emboldens the, the far right and it's, you know, it's a, it's a scary trajectory but it's uh, not rocket science, I think, to, to make the, the assumption that in the so-called epitome of the free world in America that uh, Trump's there, that that is going to embolden further these kind of madness in our society, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Pauline Hanson was toasting Trump, <laughs> you know, it hadn't even been called yet. And um, quite a few people, you know, were very quick to offer their congratulations. And you kind of see where their thoughts lie and what their views are. I mean, with someone like Pauline Hanson, it's pretty obvious. She's never been shy about sharing what she thinks. Mm. Um, But, you know, others would try to keep a semblance of, oh, you know, we're not not racist, but. Mm. (laughs) Um, And now, you know, that's not even there. So it's very blatant um, and you see it reflected in the people who support um, such politicians. So we had on the weekend here uh, a rally, not a huge rally by any stretch of the imagination, but stalwart people coming out to to protest the the election of Trump. And we had a counter rally there, some, some goons, shall we say, and, you know, just you mentioned before you know, the positive signs of, of people coming out, you know, in America starting to, you know, express themselves and, I guess, stand their ground and assert their rights. It was really, you know, I saw a bit of video footage of the rally. It was fantastic to see some some friends, you know, some brothers and sisters really standing standing their ground against these, these idiots. Uh, yeah, well, the rally was called by a group of activists from all backgrounds. I mean, I'm thinking of the organisers of the rally and how we all come from such different areas. There's people from the LGBTIQ community, there were people from the Muslim community, there were people of colour, um, people linked with Black Lives Matter, um, you know, uh, women's women's rights activists. And what was Uncle Ben Taylor opening yeah, up? Yeah, Uncle yeah. Ben. You know, we've we've got um, we had speakers and activists um, from so many different backgrounds, and really, it was a united show that we're not. None of us agree with what is going on. None of us agree with the politics of the far right, and none of us agree with the. Um, the values that 
Trump has perpetuated and that, you know, are reflected in the actions of people, um, like, well, basically the people who stood for him mm-hmm. <laughs> at the counter rally. Yeah. Um, and it was great to have such a diverse group involved in organizing, but it again reflects that people are getting more empowered yeah. and standing up and saying, we're not going to stand for this. You know, it's symbolic. It's, uh, you know, some people might turn their nose up at it, I, I guess. But, you know, for me, well, it doesn't matter what I think about it. What's your opinion on this the safety pin thing? Can you tell us a little bit about that? And I saw a, a quite an amazing little, I think it was uh, Glenn Greenwald with The Intercept sharing a piece of, you know, a kind of a typical looking kind of what we call a bogan in this part of the world and, uh, you know, some social justice, I think she was a Muslim woman or it might have been a Black Lives Matter campaigner, kind of coming together saying that this guy was wearing uh, a safety pin. It was quite an interesting nuance to the whole thing where this guy, this Trump voter, was very much just voting for Trump because of, you know, from his point of view, a, a situation of desperation where you know, not satisfied in voting Clinton, didn't agree with a lot of his, uh, you know, more racist policies and so forth, but saw no other option. And, you know, it was a real case of some education happening between these two polarised kind of, uh, you know, archetypal kind of foes. But he was wearing, this guy was wearing one of these safety pins. And it you know, a conversation ensued that, you know, some more understanding came about it. What do you think about the safety pin? Um, the safety pin campaign is an interesting one. It came about post-Brexit. And again, it was um, in line with the idea that a lot of people who are visible minorities are being attacked. And by displaying a safety pin, you're showing that you're a safe person, that the person can talk to you, can rely on you for help. And that's coming up again. And as you said, you know, it led to that conversation um, between people from complete opposite sides of the political spectrum. And there's a fair bit of criticism around it because you don't get to designate yourself an ally. That's one of the key criticisms that I've found around it, that um, quite a few people are saying, well, if you're wearing the safety pin, that doesn't automatically make you... Um, a safe person. It's the person who's being threatened who decides who's safe and who's not. Um, I've found for myself, I actually give out safety pins to people I trust. Mm. And so getting some agency through that campaign and actually saying, I trust you to be a safe person for me and I'm giving you this safety pin as a, a representation of that responsibility that you now have to be that safe person. And having that agency is really, really important in something like this because it allows for people to actually feel that, okay, now we need to prove, like we need to walk the talk. Um, I mean, other issues that have come up are people who aren't safe using the safety pin campaign to, like, you know, they'll wear a safety pin, but their actual motive is to target people. and. You know, I mean, that's really unfortunate. I read a post that someone was saying on Reddit, there's threads that are, you know, saying, you know, wear this and go to this place and people will think that you're, you know, one of them. Mm. And, like, I haven't read the thread on Reddit myself, but, like, this is being reported. And so it's not without problems, but on the other hand, it is such an easy thing to do, Mm. to show solidarity with people and to say, you know, I want to 
show that I am someone who will stand up with you. Another couple of posts going around Facebook I've noticed where they're giving a little how to stand in solidarity with a minority when they might be confronted with a uh, you know with a, an aggressive person. What, what do you think of those? Um, I think that these sort of guides, it's nice to see them going around, that people have thought about it. It really isn't that hard. Yeah. But so the fact that we need guides to show is a little bit weird for me, yeah. <laughs> at least. You know, I think, well, my way of showing would just be to stand with the person and to make sure that you're not speaking over them, give them as much agency as you can, but also keep them safe um, as much as possible. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's it's showing that people are aware. People are aware that that solidarity is needed and people are aware of their own privilege in such situations that, you know, they do carry... Um, they're less likely to be threatened or targeted. And so they have that power to make a difference. So I think, you know, it, it comes from a good place. And I think if people actually started doing that and actually started, you know, if they saw something happen, they didn't kind of go back to their phones or walk mm. away. And, I, you know, there's fear in there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold that against them. There's also that fear that you're going to be attacked. But, you know, if, if there was just this culture of people standing up with one another, then, you know, if, if that's what the guides are leading to, then that's great. Yeah. On one level, I'm kind of even struggling, uh, you know, resisting going here in my own mind because I think it's a very dangerous kind of, you know, thought form and kind of psychology. But, you know, we're all dealing with this reality of Trump uh, being in power. And there's obviously some talk, some people, you know, even uh, luminaries of the left, like so-called luminaries of the left, like um, Zizek was, you know, almost advocating for a Trump presidency because, you know, it would be the moment where things are finally polarised enough that, you know, it activates people to to act, you know, to get, get going. Now, I'm no, uh, you know, I reject that on one level, but, you know, the reality is now we have the situation, so... What's uh, what you call that to people at this at, at this time? Yeah. Um, look, I mean, ideally, this shouldn't be a situation that's happening. That's one of the things that it shouldn't take a situation like this to lead to empowerment and to lead to um, a movement. You know, we we shouldn't have gotten here in the first place. But what I can say is that. The outpouring of support that I've got, I mean, I've got a fair amount of hate. In the past week, it's ridiculous, the kind of messages that I've been receiving. Mm. And not just me, but several other people who, you know, from the trans community, um, people of colour, everyone's been reporting all sorts of ridiculousness going on. I mean, um, I've had a long-standing issue with certain people who keep stealing my images and making fake accounts and, um, you know, using them to harass people. And the latest ones were of um, elders from the Aboriginal community, which was absolutely horrifying that, mm. you know, the images were being stolen and, you know, um, presented as a front behind which these people were harassing other people. Mm. And it's, it's disgusting. But, you know, it's... Um, as much as there's all this horrible stuff going on, I've seen people from all backgrounds kind of reaching out and saying... Hey, you know, make sure you're safe. Um, people who, 
you know, I may have only met once or twice, say, messaging me and saying, this is my number, give me a call if you need help. Um, other people who've put up posts saying, you know, um, if anyone is afraid of going on public transport, I'm happy to chip in for a taxi or an Uber to make sure that you're safe. And just putting it out there on their Facebook pages. Um, so that's actually been a really positive thing to see and something that gives me a little bit of hope that hope you know that we're not we're not completely messed up <laughs> you know and I could be in an echo chamber I could be just you know that I've surrounded myself with people who think like me who you know um, who are positive in the face of all this and it's very hard not to be negative I have to admit you know but I think that whole coming together is so, so, so important, but also the empowering of the communities that are affected. Um, you know, it's it's Pride Month. Uh, the, the weekend we're going to have the Pride March and to see people from the LGBTI community stand up and, you know, be proud of who they are, but also take one not just for their own communities, but for other communities, it was it was actually quite moving and quite important that they felt empowered enough to stand up, but they also felt empowered to stand with the other communities.